1: Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive
0: a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do
3: everywhere, the weekend is back upon us. Happy Friday, Friday, Friday. Another edition of the fifth hour with Ben Maller. Because, hey, four hours a night in the overnight are not enough. We thank you for finding the podcast, subscribing to the podcast, telling friends about the podcast. We do this eight days a week in a spinoff of the overnight show. An overnight show. So every Friday, we try to catch up with someone that we like or someone that we know, and it's a chance to do something we don't normally do in the overnight. We don't normally do that. We don't have an opportunity to have people come and hang out with us. We're on the middle of the night. Management wants us to do a, a show around calls and, and hot takes, and so that's what we do. So this is a chance to get out of our norm. And this week, I am excited. Now, I am a baseball guy. I'm a baseball guy. And I remember as a kid watching baseball. This is a a, the guy we have on today is a, a person that I watched as a kid. He was at the end of his career, but is someone that is in a very small, very small group of people in the history of the modern world that has had a medical procedure named after them. And I am referring to Tommy John. Now If you're of a certain age, you know who Tommy John is. But if you're younger, you're like, well, I know Tommy John. Tommy John surgery. Yeah, he's the guy that was patient zero for Tommy John surgery, uh, obviously. And that has become the norm. If you have an arm injury, uh, Tommy John surgery is just a routine procedure. But it wasn't. It was an exploratory procedure when Tommy John was pitching. Played 26 years in the big leagues. A uh, lot of years with the Yankees, um, pitched mostly with the Yankees, the White Sox and the Dodgers, along with some other stops along the way, and won 288 games. He is not been in the hall of him. I'm actually going to make my pitch here because you know 288 wins, 26 years. People say that's not enough, but I, I will make my pitch to Tommy, uh, uh, you know, the man himself, uh, why I think he's got a strong case to get in for the Veterans Committee for the Hall of Fame. And we'll obviously get to the medical procedure as well. So I am excited to talk to a a baseball legend of my youth, someone I grew up watching. I was watching this week in baseball, and Tommy John would change teams. Mel Allen was in Twib Notes. we talk about Tommy John is on the move. And we are joined by the man, the myth, the legend himself, the great Tommy John, joining us here on the 5th Hour with Ben Maller. Tommy, welcome. And let's start with this uh, how have you been what have you been up to here recently um how long is the show do you have enough time <laughs> oh we have endless amounts of time tommy please come on this is a podcast we can go forever
4: okay december 13th i contracted COVID,
1: really? and my wife
4: the same thing we, we both had COVID, and um I fell out of bed, hit my head on the end table, on the, on the nightstand, cut my head open, take me to the hospital, patch me up, three days later, I fall again, they take me to the hospital, this, this happened five times. Wow. Then, you know, as I'm getting, as I'm getting over COVID and all that, um, I contracted a thing called Guillain-Barre syndrome. And if you look it up, Guillain-Barre syndrome paralyzes your lower extremities.
3: Wow, man, you've had a tough time here recently.
4: And then, um, well, uh, it's just, you know, but I'm over it now. And despite what Dr. Fauci says, I'm not going to get vaccinated because I've got all the antibodies in in my body. And uh, my wife had COVID also, and she had pneumonia with hers. But, um, you know...
3: So so, what was it? I mean, tell me. Obviously, you're 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 a little older now. You 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 play a long time in the big leagues. How how bad was your experience with COVID? Or or obviously, you you said you had a lot of uh, side effects. You fell down a lot. I mean, how you've been sick before? I'm sure at other points in your life. Like, how does this rank among other illnesses that you had? Well,
4: let me put it to you this way: I came within a phone call of dying. Wow. My wife my wife called the hospital out here and said you gotta he's gotta have 'cause they they weren't attacking the problem. You know, uh-huh. oh well yeah, he's okay, so send him home, to send him home. They finally said, you know, look if um we can't keep him here, so we're gonna send him to a nursing home in Banning. Wow, and my wife gets on the phone, and Cheryl calls a doctor at USC Keck Medical Center, and gave him all my all my information. And she and he said, "Whoa, he's got a blood clot someplace." So they sent a an, an ambulance for me from Indio to Keck. Which is about
2: uh,
4: hour and forty five minute drive. Mm-hmm. I get in. They they take me right into uh, the operating room. They put a catheter up through my groin into my lungs, and I had two huge blood clots on both lobes of my of my lungs, upper and lower. Wow.
0: This
4: and is cool. Once they broke it up, all of a sudden my breathing came back. And I, so I I had this lady that is my wife. She saved my life because if I would have listened to the hospital here in Palm Springs, I probably would be dead by now.
3: Wow. I mean, you weren't kidding. Hey, Tommy, you uh-huh. were not kidding when you when you said you had a lot to say. That is uh, that is an amazing <laughs> roller coaster. I did not. I got when I I was very excited. You know, I'm I'm, I'm really I was looking forward to this. I did not expect that to, to. I I had no idea that any of this happened to you. I I feel so terrible that uh-huh. you had to go through that, Tommy. That's horrible. man, man well, and, uh, it is. But
4: you know, um, uh, like I said, uh, Cheryl and I both have the antibodies in our system and so um,
3: yeah well that's good uh, uh, man, I, you know all the yeah.
4: all the crap that's going on now uh i i just i shake my head and you know
3: yeah no uh, i i, I hear you it
4: can't be that tough it really yeah. can't
3: well um it's always tough to transition i i, I, I I I know I don't, I want to talk baseball Tommy I don't know we you know I mean you, yeah, is that we okay talk baseball it, yeah, all right all right um, I, I I guess I mean you've been through a lot of medical stuff here recently how much how much baseball do you still watch these days I mean you played like almost thirty none. years in the big leagues
4: none I watch
3: none yeah and why is that
4: it's not the game that I played.
3: Yeah, and you play.
4: You You got all these computer geniuses and the analytics and all this. I would have a manager or a pitching coach call one pitch for me and make me throw it. I'd walk off the mound, throw my glove at him, and say, "See you later." (laughs) I'll pitch the way I want to pitch, the way I feel I have to pitch, not the way. Some numbers said that I, uh, you know, yeah. Um, plus, uh, who was it? Um, might have been last year. Had a shutout, and he got two out in the seventh inning, and they pulled him out of the game. Yeah, you would have. Pu- you would have tried to pull me out of the game with a shutout and two outs in the seventh inning. There would have been a fistfight on the mound.
3: <laughs> yeah, and you. But
4: yeah, I was, it, you know, yeah. it, it's just—it's not played the same way.
3: Yeah, and and what about when did the and you'd be the perfect guy to ask Tommy because you played in the sixties, the seventies, and the eighties. When would the when did the hundred pitch thing become the barometer where if you get around a hundred pitches, you got to get out of the game. You can't be in the game anymore. Anyway. Was that around in your days, or did that start? Uh, you know, at, no, that the end?
4: started a little a uh, little after me. Okay. And, and I don't know why uh, maybe they looked at the number of pitches that the guys threw and when they started to fall you know when their pitching abilities started to fall off and it was around the 100 pitch mark I but you, you know how to get out of that How? pitch through the hundred pitches
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I, see, I, I, yeah
4: I threw a baseball. Off the mound to a catcher every day. I was on the field. Now I didn't pitch, but I threw. And the more you throw like that, the more you your
3: arm gets stronger. Yeah. What's the most your arm you know? gets
4: stronger? How do you how do you get yeah. your arm? It's not lifting weights. It's not doing bands. It's not doing towel drills. It's not doing all this. It's throwing a baseball.
3: Yeah. What's the most, Tommy? What's the most pitches? You know, I, I don't know. They, they didn't really. I guess keep pitch counts early in your career. I would think, but what's the most pitches you recall throwing roughly, like a ballpark figure in a in a start? Uh,
4: one seventy five, one eighty. Wow.
3: That's uh, that's like double what they. More than double what they do these these days. (laughs) And and, and what about now? You pitched 26 years in the big leagues, and so now the big thing, and I I loved your – I agree with you on analytics. I'm not totally against analytics, but I think – there has to be feel of the game that has to be part of it and it's gone too far to analytics but when you would get through the third time through the order like you know and that's that's always the big thing yeah. these days yeah. with, with they, people freak out when you go through the third time through the order like what was your mindset back in those days cuz now it's like people start losing their mind when you have to get to that third time through the order
4: Well I I knew what I threw these guys um, I had a manager back with the White Sox his name was Eddie Stanky. He knew nothing about pitching. <laughs> he knew nothing. <laughs> uh, but he called me in. I, I pitched a game against the Yankees. He called me into the office the next day. And he said, young man, sit down here. And I went, oh, God, what did I do? He said, let's go over last night's game. Oh, okay, what first hitter, what did he do? Uh, grounded to shortstop. What was the count? Uh, And I couldn't get four or five innings, and I couldn't go. He said, okay, we're going to do this again. You should be able to go through first hitter to your last hitter and go, the count was three and two. and, And that showed me there that I can face you four times. And just because I'm facing you four times doesn't mean that you got a better chance to hit hit me. It, it's if I make good pitches, it's going to be the same. You, you're going to have a hard time hitting me.
3: Yeah. And, and you as the but pitcher, if I make mistakes, yeah. Yeah. if I make
4: mistakes, then whether it's the first time or the fifth time or whatever, you, you're going to hit the ball hard.
3: Yeah, yeah, and it's always that guessing game, right? I mean, you as the pitcher have the advantage because you don't—the hitter doesn't know what's coming. You, you know what you're going to pitch, so you have the a- advantage, well,
4: you know. And the thing that I did is I, 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 uh, if I got you out and I got you out on sinkers, and you're your third time up, and I hadn't thrown you a curveball yet. Why would I throw you a curveball if I'm getting you out with sinkers away? You have not adjusted to my pitches. You know, pitching is adjustment. You throw a sinker away and the right-hander goes out there and maybe doesn't hit it but goes after it low and away. Okay. Now you got to get him back off that. So you got to throw something up and in, middle in, curveball in. You know, you 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 got to keep him away from the outside corner, and uh, it's just it's it's just keeping track of what you of what you're doing. You know, uh, you face a guy two times, you go sinker, you throw him fifteen pitches, all sinkers, and now you go out and you throw him a god awful curveball. He's probably going to take it. Because he hasn't seen it, so why would you throw him curveball first pitch, second pitch? You throw it where you got two strikes.
3: So now, now you know. yeah, yeah, for sure, and I, I'm, I'm right, I'm right there with you. I mean, you know better than anybody. You did it. You lived the life for for all those years, and and, and since you retired, you know, back in the '80s, now it's gone completely the opposite, where they like. They have this defeatist attitude with pitchers where if you get to 100
2: pitchers, you got to take you out of the game, and if you can't go third time through the lineup. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11
1: p.m. Pacific. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do.
1: Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: But isn't it more of an issue, Tommy, where it's like the, p- the pitchers today when they're coming up in high school and in college and the minor leagues, they're, they're taught this. Like this is what they know, right? You were, you were not taught yeah. this. You, yeah. So
4: Well, no, you're absolutely right. They're, they're taught three times through. They're done. So when you lower the bar of ex- expectations, you will pitch to those expectations.
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, and now some of the other things, I know you say you don't watch baseball anymore it's a different game, but I, I know you're aware that they added a a ghost runner. They're going to get rid of it next year, they say, but they the last two years here they've had a ghost runner in extra innings, Tommy. They, just a runner magically appears at second base when you get to the 10th inning. It's very, very bizarre. What, and was, the
4: what was the reasoning on that?
3: Well, they didn't want the games to go. They they thought the games were going too long, and they, they said, they you know, they used... And you know how to reason. make them shorter? How's that?
4: Have the umpires call more strikes. Yeah. Instead I, of I, tightening up the strike zone, yo, strike one, strike two, yeah. strike three, you're gone. Let's go. Boom, next guy. But they've got the strike zone so tight, uh, it, it, it's just you know and then they then they want the games to go along quicker well that's hard to
2: do
3: yeah you, well it's it's almost like they want both things though right? because they want you know for television right? yeah. for the te- for television they need to sell commercial time so they need the games to go a certain amount of time but then they also say well we it's like the pace of the game and all that but uh, I'm right there. You know, obviously you're biased, Tommy, because you pitched as a strike. You want the bigger strike zone. But I, I agree. I think one of the biggest problems with baseball is every hitter now, you get paid to walk. That's as big a thing. You know, home runs and walk, the three true outcomes of baseball, a you know, home run, walk, strikeout for hitters these days. That's the analytical crowd and right. I, and nobody and the other thing is nobody ever chokes up on the bat, Tommy. This this drives me insane when you have you know runner on third base and you know two outs, a runner on second, whatever. They don't just choke up, try to get a base hit. They're still trying to hit the ball to the upper deck. It drives me nuts. You're right. These games. Yeah. You're
2: absolutely
3: one hundred percent correct. Yeah, it's fr- it's frustrating. Um so now you you came up with Cleveland, correct? I mean I, I think of you as a a, a a Dodger and a Yankee, you know when I was you know a kid, but you you came we play with the Yankees, you mentioned the White Sox. The Cleveland Indians last week announced they will no longer be the Cleveland Indians. They're changing their name to the Cleveland Guardians. As someone that came up with the Cleveland Indians, Tommy, what was your reaction to to that news? I just
4: this whole thing is is so screwed up um, an Indian is an Indian there's nothing racial about it That that's what they are they're an Indian you know a guy born in India he's an Indian yeah uh, you're an Indian uh, you're you have Native American blood in you you're an Indian it doesn't mean that you're going to scalp somebody for Pete's sake, but I think I think he's got to get his head out of his butt too. I, I'm not a big uh, Manfred fan.
3: Rob Manfred, yeah, the the commit I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm right. There. He's done. Boy, we've I've spent a lot of nights, Tommy, on the overnight uh, ranting and raving about Rob Manfred, the uh, commissioner of of baseball. So. Yeah, but I I don't see it changing at any time. So there's a lot of stuff going on right now that just is yeah w- wild. But um, I think we're on the the same page on some of that. So when when I was uh, when I was younger, you I remember you played you know, with the Yankees uh, and in the Dodgers, as I said when I was a kid, and uh, you played for the Yankees in the eighties and the seventies with with George Steinbrenner as the the owner i heard amazing tales as a kid about you know how crazy george steinbrenner was as an owner how wild he was when you were playing for the yankees do you, do you have a really good story about george steinbrenner or is that all media hype and it's not true the way it's portrayed and the way i read it as a kid nope it's true <laughs> <laughs> so um, it really
4: what it was the bronx when i was uh, I was, uh where was i uh oh. We were in Fort Lauderdale with the Yankees, trained in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. And Hank Steinbrenner, Hank ran George's horse farm up in Ocala, Florida. and mm-hmm. um, Hank was out there saying, ah, these salaries are so high. They're this and that. And I said, Hank, go talk to your old man. He's the one running the prices up. He hands out these big contracts. He said, I know. He doesn't have an effing clue. And I said, "Now you said that. I didn't. But George was a football man. He didn't play football. He was like a student manager in college or something. And he hung around the football teams and coaches. Mm -hmm. And he tried to run a baseball team like you do a football team. Well, in football, you know, it's kind of set in stone what you do, and and um, he, uh, if you go back on the nineteen eighty one World Series game six, Yankee Stadium, I'm pitching, I give up the first run. Of the World Series that I gave up in the top of the fourth inning.
3: Yeah,
4: bottom of the fourth inning, they pinch hit for me. I'm going crazy, and I find out later from um, a guy that was uh, like a eye in the sky for the Yankees. Steinbrenner's rule was get a lead early, and then go to the bullpen, win it out of the bullpen. And Bob Lemon, being a good trooper, he mm-hmm. wanted to get a lead. So the score was tied one-to-one, Bob of the fourth. We had two runners on, two out. Pitcher coming up, they pinch it for me. Wow. And I asked Lemon, I said, um, who, who's coming in? He said, George Frazier. I said, Shit, Lim. Frazier hasn't gotten anybody out all series. <laughs> and you go, oh, don't tell me out of mind. I says, well, I'm just telling you, he hasn't gotten anybody out. <laughs> and then, who would you bring in? I said, well, you're taking out your starter, which is your night's best pitcher, your, the day's best pitcher. And you're saying that it's the seventh or eighth inning. Who would you bring in in the seventh or eighth inning of a ball game? Well, I bring Gossage in. Then I'd bring Gossage in right now, but he can't go all the way. No, he goes two or three innings, and then you go to the next guy, and then you work your way through the ball game. If you're gonna, if you're gonna manage like that, yeah. but um, that was how George George would have these um, talks. Like they do well, we're gonna we're gonna run the fullback over left tackle. Uh, he's not real good, uh, you know. Well, that's football, and and baseball is totally different. Pitching, hitting, and all that. But that's the way George ran the game, and he, he just he was very demanding. But uh, I I like the guy. I I'd,
3: I'd play for him again. Yeah. Very, very well, I guess ha- I can't because he's dead. Well, that's true. That would be, be- <laughs> that would be amazing though, Tommy. If you came back and pitched, and he uh, came back and owned a team, that would be uh, that would be. Oh I oh, god. So-
2: Yeah. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's me,
1: Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport.
4: Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever
1: you get your podcasts.
0: Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe.
2: Mexico will likely have its first female president.
1: And then you have China.
4: Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession.
2: But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake.
1: As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: So so now, this is why. So in those days, I and mean you played in the days where, you know, the guys, the, the players, even though you respected the other player, right, you were not buddy-buddy with the opposite. Ob- you had rivalries, right, guys that weren't, and you weren't hanging out with each other all the time. At least that's, that's the perception I had. You you lived the life. But you went from the Dodgers to the Yankees, and they were a yeah. you know, pretty big rival. How how awkward was that going from from L.A.? You pitched in a World Series with the Dodgers against the Yankees, and then you ended up going to the Yankees and pitching against the Dodgers in the World Series. How How odd was that, I, living that?
4: Um, I called friends that I knew uh, in the league. Who's got the best infield, defensive infield? And mm-hmm. everybody said, "Well, the Yankees. Um, you know, Chambliss, Randolph, Bucky Dent, and Nettles. They're the the Brewers are good, but the Yankees are better." Okay. All right, because I wanted guys that could field the ball because they're going to get a lot of balls hit to them.
0: Yeah.
4: And um, so that's how I made my choice. And, um, and I, like I said, I, I would do it again, but um, it, it's just, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Steinbrenner yeah. was a character a big character, but the guy that I love playing for was Lasorda, and I only played two seasons for him, 77 and 78.
3: Yeah, that that's... And I want to ask you, because Tommy, I, I started uh, covering as a baseball reporter when I was in radio. I My first gig, one of my first gigs as a reporter was covering Lasorda, but I saw Tommy at the end of his uh, career. The last few years he managed the Dodgers, I covered the Dodgers, and and okay. I know, you know, Tommy was like a bigger than life character then, but what was it like when he was starting his his run with the the doctor? What was a young Tommy Lasorda like before he became the established over the top personality? I, I guess he always had the personality, but what was it like before he became, you know, a legend, if you will?
4: He uh he was the cheapest SOB in the world. <laughs> he never paid for a meal.
3: Uh he'd
4: have um uh, and now he's getting the same meal money that we're we're getting,
3: mm-hmm.
4: and he just he would find somebody to pick his uh, breakfast tab up or lunch or whatever. But he was he was good at that, really good at that. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, he, and, he, and I remember he you was know, being around him a little bit. Like, he knew everybody, and everybody loved him. And so, like, I remember there would be uh, one time, uh, I'm sure this happened a lot when you were there probably back in the day, but, but Frank Sinatra showed up, at, and this was big. You know, Frank was late in his life, yeah. and he showed up there, and that was, like, a huge deal and stuff. So, I mean, he knew all the big celebrities of the day, and they all wanted to, like, hang out with him. It was, uh, it was a wild, uh, wild experience. Well, being, I yeah. I
4: guess in the old days, when the Dodgers first came out here, the Hollywood stars and all that would be at Dodgers Stadium all the time. But Walt Olsen, being the stuff coat that he was, um, didn't uh, make them feel welcome. So um, they yeah, quit so- coming. And when Lasorda came, I used to go down in his office and just see who was there. And you would see Ron Maysack all the time. Uh, He would come down there. And, uh, I mean, guys that you would never... But the two guys, when Lasorda's daughter got married, we had the wedding ceremony and reception. Uh, I can't think of the... uh, He was a player with the Dodgers, and we had everything at his house. Mm -hmm. And it was supposed to start, let's say, at 7 o'clock. Well, now it's like 7.45, and nobody is showing up yet. (laughs) Big limo pulls up, out gets Sinatra and his wife and Don Rickles and his wife. Now the wedding ceremony started then the reception Rickles did 20 30, 30 minutes of comedy and Sinatra sang and all that but you when my son Tommy was born, he's got a sterling silver cup. Tommy, welcome to our world our world. Barbara and Francis Sinatra.
3: Oh, that's great. That is. I know it. That's awesome. That's that's pretty cool. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just that's living, and you live that life with the Dodgers. I'm sure when you were with the Yankees, there were celebrities that would go to those games too, right? I mean, that was just Rudy uh,
4: Giuliani. The uh,
3: the the future He's mayor, the only that, one. Yeah. Oh, he was He's the only, the only one? One. one. Oh, okay. All right. You like, Have people
4: yeah. down there?
3: <laughs> <laughs> they didn't want to go to the Bronx in those days. They didn't want
4: to. Absolutely not.
3: Yeah, so <laughs> so listen. I, I as a baseball guy, I, I want to talk. I want to talk about the Hall of Fame a little bit, Tommy, because I, I know the the writers, the dopey writers, didn't vote you in. They, gave, I think, the most you got was like thirty one percent or something like that. But there's still the Veterans Committee. There's still a chance you can get right. in the Hall of Fame. Have you heard from any of those people from the Veterans Committee? Have you has anybody reached out to you? Because uh, I I think you've got a pretty compelling case, but I, I'm I'm slightly biased because I like you, but uh, have you heard from anybody on that over the years since you ran out of no. eligible years? You have not? No. Okay. No. So no. make, make no. your pitch I, I right just, now. Uh, you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I won 288 ball games. Yeah. Uh, pitched 26 years. The 288 wins, I had the most no decisions in the history of baseball. 188. No decisions.
3: Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know that one.
4: Yeah. So, you know, okay, 188, no decisions. A quarter of them, 25%. That's 40. 45 Mm -hmm. wins on 288. That's... Halfway, uh, you know. I mean, it's just people look at it and they say, "Well, he pitched a long time; he should have all those wins." Really, really? That, that's not just because you pitched a long time doesn't mean that uh, that you're going to win. It just means that you pitched a long time.
3: Sure, sure. And, uh, well, and I looked. I looked at uh, Baseball Reference, the stat website, and they have this thing called the Hall of Fame Monitor. And they said a Hall of Famer uh, just on this uh, thing. They said a Hall of Famer has a score of a hundred. Uh, you had a score of 112 for your pitching. So according to that, you're a Hall of Famer. I know a lot of the how frustrating is it though, Tommy? I, I know you know it's a Hall of Fame. You say well, fine, whatever. But some of the guys you pitched uh, with who were of a similar look, like uh, burt uh, Blyleven, pitched in your you know at the end of your your run there, and uh, Don Sutton. These guys are. In the in the Hall of Fame, so.
4: Well, it's you know obviously there was a sports writer, and I confronted him on it. After I came back from surgery, I had one hundred and sixty-four wins, two less than Koufax won in his career.
3: And that's after you had unbelievably uh, experimental had surgery. surgery. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
4: And the sports writer said, "Yeah, but Sandy's wins were better than you and yours." <laughs> what, what's the deal? You know? <laughs> and okay, was it more strikeouts? Yeah. Was it fewer hits? Yeah. But it's a win. A win is a win. He he started the game. To win, I started the game to win, and I won two less games than he did, but his were better. That yeah. when when the guy told me that, I I just thought to myself, that tells me how little they know about the game.
3: Yeah, is it? It's also a lot of this is a popularity contest, right? It's like you who know, the if the writers. Yeah. You like you and love you, and you you kind of yeah, sucked up yeah. to him a little bit. That helps you out. That also seems to be part of the Hall of Fame, Fame process. But uh, and you finished. You didn't win a Cy Young, but you finished second twice, right? You were you were and you were right. in the top ten a bunch yeah. of times. So you had you were right among the top pitchers in baseball for for a good stretch of time there. Uh, but I, I can't talk to Tommy John without talking about the surgery, which is in nineteen seventy four. So, you know, I'm a young, you know, I'm 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 middle aged now, but I was a young guy. Obviously, you know, when this this happened, even before I was around. So, kind of paint the picture for those listening, Tommy, that we're not we're not around. Like, what was it like in those days when you had an injury like this? Did they just say, "That's it, go get a job, you're done"? I mean, was there anything they could do before this, or you know, what what led you to go down this path to have this radical surgery at the time?
4: Well, I hurt my arm. And Dr. Job said, well, let's give it about three weeks rest, and then we'll start back and see. Maybe we can luck out, and it'll heal, and you won't need uh, surgery. Okay. You know, I had, he never said what kind of surgery or whatever, you won't need surgery. Well, I rested three weeks, came back, and I threw a little bit, and I just, I couldn't throw My arm hurt. The elbow hurt. So then we sat down, and we just had like a father and son talk. Um, I said, okay, you're my dad. What would you do? He said, well, you've torn a ligament in there. Now, 1974, there were no MRIs. All they had were X-rays. And x-rays only, they only uh, x-ray bone, not Hmm. muscle or tendon or ligaments. But Dr. Joe manipulated my arm and he said, yeah, you can see here that joint is really loose. Um, You, uh, you know, you've torn the ligament. I said, okay, what do you do to fix it? He said, "Well, there's a ligament transplant surgery that I've done on polio patients, but I've never done it. You know, I've never done it on a baseball player." And I said, "Well, that's the only way I'm going to get back to pitch again, isn't it?" And he said, "Probably." And I said, "Okay, then let's get it done." Let's do it. And
3: and I and I read Tom. I mean, you were not. He was not very confident you would be able to come back. Right? I mean, the odds were not in your favor. At least I read some stories on this, and they they, they didn't really know, right? He, Doctor Job, didn't know, and and this was this. No, was, but they had no idea what was yeah. going
4: to happen. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they had no idea what what was going to happen, and. Um, um, but I had the utmost confidence in Frank Job. If Doctor Job would have told me we can we can fix this, but here's how we're going to do it: you go gather all your German Shepherds poops and put them in a bucket, and go back to second base at Dodger Stadium and dig a hole and bury those poops back there, and your armor heal. I would have done it. Because I believed a thousand percent in Frank Job. If yeah. he told me, Tommy, I, I really don't think you can pitch. I, I think you should look for in fact he told me. He said, Do you have another job to go to or a way of making a living if this doesn't work? Oh no, not if this when this doesn't work is what he said. And I said, "Yeah, I've got a friend of mine back home. That's he's um, in the car business, and you know, I can sell cars, or I can scout, or I can coach or manage in the minor leagues or whatever." I said, "I've got ways of making it." But Job, because I was just married, and I was operated on the twenty fifth of September, nineteen seventy four. My first child, Tamara, was born September 27, 1974. So that was why Dr. Job wanted me to have a fallback. That, you know, your first child, you don't want to sit there and, and go down the chute thinking that you're going to come back when the odds are that you weren't. But I knew that if, in fact, I told Dr. Job this. I said, if you do your job, I will more than do my job. I will more than do my job. Yeah. If it takes a year, it's a year. If it takes two years, it's two years. I said, three, uh, three, no, I won't go three. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, and the rest is, uh, he did the same surgery two years later. On a pitcher named Brent Strom. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stromy said uh, if, if they do the surgery on the pitcher and he doesn't come back, it's called Brent Strom surgery. <laughs> if he does come back and pitches, it's called Tommy John
3: surgery. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. And and how soon after you had the surgery? I mean, you, you missed the 75 season, right? And so when did you know, yeah. hey, this thing worked? Like, when did you know I can still pitch? I, I got my arm back.
4: Well, I went out to Arizona and pitched in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, I started seven games. In 28 days. That's every four days I was on the mound pitching. And um, my arm didn't hurt. And I said, whoa, you know. Now, was my stuff good? No. Was it? uh But I found the next year, about halfway through the season, you know, the art of pitching. Anybody can pitch when you've got your best stuff. But the art of pitching is being able to pitch and compete when you don't have your best stuff. And that's what I couldn't do until uh, about halfway during the 76th season, I started to get the feeling, whoa, okay, I can get... You know, you don't throw every fastball uh, 100%. You throw... You you throw a here, hit a fastball. You throw one. You, I mean, you you vary speed, or at least I did. And um, um, it wasn't until halfway through the '76 season that I started to get the confidence. Oh, okay, I can back off my fastball and throw it harder, and here and hard curveball and a slow curveball and a, and a flop curveball. Uh, but it just takes time. Nobody can tell you that. There's no doctor. There's no pitching coach. There's no therapist. They can't, they can't tell you that. You have to do it on your own.
3: So as we, Tommy, as we wind this down here, again, yeah. Tommy John here, uh, What it, you're one of very few people that has had a medical procedure named after them. Uh, how how odd is it? Your name is in the news all the time. This is a common procedure now among athletes. And I mean, what is it like to be Tommy John? And, and a lot of kids, you know, the younger people might not know you well, who's Tommy John. But I mean, your your name is on the surgery. What's that like having lived <laughs> that and, and experiencing that and seeing your name all over the place when somebody has this operation?
4: Well. Um, the guy that named it Tommy John surgery was Dr. Job. (laughs) and I people think I did I don't uh, name it but um, he would give talks about the surgery and what he did and all this and uh, you know ligament replacement surgery reconstruction with the Palmaris longest Tendon. That's the name of the surgery. And then he said, you know, the surgery I did on Tommy John. You know, uh, Tommy John surgery. And when, when he said that, the doctors went, oh, yeah, 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 the ligament replacement. Okay, well. And that's how it came about. And somebody asked me, they said, why didn't you patent, put a patent on it? And I said, because of Dr. Joe." I couldn't do it because of him. I I had so much love for him that I just I couldn't do. it.
3: Yeah, it's got to make you feel good though, right? I mean, you you were the first. You were uh, well, patient zero.
4: Having, you know, it's better having an orthopedic surgery named after you than a proctological.
3: <laughs> that is that is correct. <laughs> yes, I would I would. I would agree the with Tommy you. Tommy
4: John hemorrhoid surgery. Oh man, we got that one. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that would not be that would not be as glowing a review uh, for for people. But listen, Tommy, it's been great. You've been un, you. un- unfiltered. Uh, I loved watching you pitch when I was a kid. I'm glad you're 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 over the COVID. You're doing better now, and and uh, continued good health. And I hope the the, the veterans committee someday uh, puts you in the Hall of Fame here, hopefully sooner and later. Because I just this, to me, Tommy, I'll make the pitch for you. Your, your 288 wins, the the career you had, and I think the thing that pushes you over the top is the surgery. You have saved and because you were the guinea pig. You have saved so many so many pitchers that have gone on and had great careers and Hall of Fame careers that would not have been possible if you had not taking that dive. So I think that should put you in the all of him. But what do I know, right, Tommy? What do I know?
4: Yeah. I what would know. vote for you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. All right, thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it.
4: Okay, thanks for having me. Bye-bye.
1: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business,